Hey, look who it is. It's Domino. Hey, you going to do any shooting tonight, Domino? Yeah, sugar, but only with dice. Uh, ladies, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. I'm your host, stand-up comedian, kindergarten teacher, podcast, whatever you think I am, I am, uh, except a Satanist. Uh, my name is Jared Waters, and we're back with the podcast. What you just heard was a quote from the most famous movie that I think, Cabin in the Sky. Cabin in the Sky was in the 1950s, I think. 1950s or nine? Yeah, 1950s with my dear beloved cousin, Ethel Waters. And I remember Ethel Waters. Uh, she used to take us to Piggly Wiggly's when we were young and teach us about the industry in Hollywood. So it was, it was great seeing her in a movie. So Ethel Waters. Uh, this week has been a long week, but this week has been good. We launched a podcast. We're officially on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play. Thank you to everyone who subscribed and gave a review already. We dropped four episodes. First episode was me introducing the podcast. Second was One Tree Hill, uh, season one, pilot one. Uh, my lady let me know she did not like that episode. She said, I'm not a fan of One Tree Hill. And I was like, the whole point is for you to watch it and grow with me with the show. And she's like, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. She's more into murder mysteries and scary movies. And I, something about me, I don't rock with scary movies. F that. Not a, not a fan. Then we dropped episode three, which was about Eddie Murphy. And episode four was about uh, how we took away the sad news that happened two weeks ago. And so we, now we got today's episode, episode five. This is where I uh, I just love these Fridays. When I get off work, I just I don't have a bra on, but I just... Have a good two hours to chill, relax, rest before I enter the stand-up comedy world. And that's how my day goes. This week has been long. Uh, a lot of good shows this week. Good shows. Um, horseplay comedy. I love my boy Dada. We did a show. I did a show Wednesday night, Tuesday. I did a show with my boy Crybaby. Tobin Miller did a good spot there. My show that happens every Tuesday night with my dear friends Khalil, Rashad, and Paul Jumeus. is Tip of the Tongue that happens 10 o'clock. At the Creek in the Cave. So all good shows. And then Thursday, last night, yeah, the show Offside Tavern. The reason why the week feels so long is because in the teacher world, we're not a teacher, we had our parent-teacher conferences, which is from 12 o'clock to 7 p.m. And the crazy thing is, is that I was at school, at I have to be there by 7 to make it there. So I was there for 12 hours. So usually my gym time where I refocus, I was there at school. Uh, some parents stood me up. Yeah, they did. And <laughs> the reason why I say that is because this Thursday, like, teachers, excuse my voice if it cracks a little bit. You know, most of the people are sick at school. I'm fighting it. Most teachers, uh, you know, they, they, go, we go, they go through a lot, right? But there are times where they have different breakdown moments. But this week, it just happened as I see two teachers not have meltdowns, but be very upset about food, which is funny to me because... I have nothing to do with it, but it's just funny to me. So Thursday, um, I'm I'm going to the, the copy room. The copy room, there's three copiers in the school. There's a third floor. There's two copiers there. There's a bottom one. And I go to the bottom one because it's a whole lot faster. I can go to the office, but there's, there's a lot of people in there. So I go down to the copier room, which just happens to be the teacher's lounge to print some copies out. And as I'm getting there printing copies, nobody's there. I go there to chill. But my chill room is like, I'm not going to say the room. I think some of my coworkers listen to this podcast now. They told me, but I would never, my secret place, I go there to chill, read some of my Bible plan, just like, just, you know, look what happens on Twitter, get, you know, that's my planning time, 
But when I'm down in that copy room, I'm just here to copy. I'll listen to some stories, and I'll break out of that. I can care less about it. But other people, they really go down there to have a break. They cheat it as a teacher's lounge. More power to them. So as I'm making copies, this one teacher, she's fairly new, like maybe three months in, and she's writing this note on the, she's writing this note on, she's writing this note on the refrigerator. And I'm asking her, like, hey, what, what are you writing on the refrigerator? And she's writing this note about some almond milk. Turns out someone stole her almond milk, so she writes this big, giant, bold letters, please stop drinking my almond milk. It's not yours. Please ask. I'm like, well, who's going to ask for almond milk? And I'm just happy because I don't drink almond milk. I'm allergic to nuts, so it's not, no, it's not me. But <laughs> the passion that she had about this almond milk was just so funny. I was like, man, who's drinking? She's like, no, I just want people to stop drinking my almond milk. And I was like, man, who the freak is drinking this girl's almond milk? So, small incident. So, as parent-teacher conference ends, I go upstairs. I go upstairs, I'm walking around, I bump into this brand new teacher. She's telling me this story, how she's so upset because someone stole her food. I'm like, what? So, I said, so we got a hamburglar inside the school, which isn't funny, but it's funny how she's describing it because she is pissed because someone stole her meal prep food. And I don't know if anybody's meal prep before. You meal prep for like seven days, I guess, right? You meal prep for seven days in advance. And she tells me this Thursday. So yesterday she tells me. But turns out I asked around. I'm like, I was like, man, someone stole their food. And someone goes, I was in I was in the break room when they stole it. I was like, what, it happened yesterday? Like, no, it happened Monday. So she's mad from Monday about her meal prep. And I feel her because <laughs> the thing about meal prepping, every day you're reminded of the food you don't have. So she said someone stole her food. Someone stole her food and, <laughs> and took the Tupperware bowls out and left her Tupperware bowls scattered around with no top. So she's upset fussing. And I feel I feel for her because she's new to the school. So you don't want to be, you don't want to see come off aggressive about food. But at the same time, you're freaking hungry as if you meal prep all, <laughs> all week for this. So she's like, I'd rather, I want to check the cameras and see. And see you stole my food. Someone's probably walking around with my food. It doesn't have the decency to wash the bowls out. So she's pissed, right? So she's pissed. Now, I guess everyone's aware of it. So then so somebody goes in the break room today and writes this long letter that goes, First, it was the almond milk. Then was the meal prep food. Now someone took my breast pump machine. Stop stealing. And then in parentheses they go, read this like Liam Nielsen, Neeson. I will find you, and I hope your grandkids never learn how to read. Django. <laughs> so so whoever whoever did this is probably just trolling, just trying to be funny. But it was just so funny because watching teachers look around like <laughs> finding people who are pregnant or <laughs> trying to find out who's pregnant to see who left this to left this breast milk. So that's what's happening. That's what's happening in my world right now. There's a person stealing people's food. I have an idea. I think it is. I think it's the substitutes because they ain't gonna be here tomorrow, so they just eating whatever they can. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, that was the highlight. The highlight. Of the, <laughs> the highlight of my week. Other news. Oh, today is February seventh. Today is Chris Rock's birthday, which is which is amazing. I I love Chris Rock. I haven't formally met him. I've seen him a couple times, but I would say when I got older, around eighteen, nineteen, when I start getting into comedy. For real, for real, it was Chris Rock's albums. Chris Rock saved comedy back in the day. It was like more like hacky-ish. And he came out with his specials and just destroyed it. He had three specials back-to-back. And I, I, my 
And Chris Rock actually is doing, he's producing the Jigsaw movies, which I think will be pretty cool seeing him produce the Jigsaw movies. I, I wish that Chris would fully jump back into stand-up. You know, I, 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 I want Chris to prove that he's the king that he is. You know, I don't know him personally, so who, who am I to give Chris Rock advice? But I remember, I have contacted Chris Rock before in real life. This is a story that I contacted Chris Rock. Back in the day when Facebook first started, or when old people started getting on Facebook, they didn't know how to use it. So people didn't know how to use Facebook. And I remember this comic, she was on this show called In the Flow, the L. Ray on Comedy Central. So I befriended her on Facebook, and all of a sudden I noticed that she was Chris Rock's friend. I was like, maybe this ain't real. I was like, oh, snap, this is Chris Rock commenting on stuff. So I write Chris Rock a message in 2008, just most, just a dumb, 2009, just a dumb message, sending him clips of stand-up or I think it's 10, I got to look at it. I think it was 2011. I wrote him, young, young green comic, asking him to check out a video or something like that. But then Facebook evolves, and now you can, it had the, you could check the timestamp and see if anyone's seen your video. So I remember when Chris Rock dropped Top 5, I wrote him a message about Top 5 and a theory I had about the movie, and he wrote back, ha, 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 uh, I didn't think about it like that. Uh, thanks for spreading the message. Uh, 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 spread the movie or something like that. I was like, I got you, old man. So now I know he reads messages, and now I know I can send him a message anytime I want. This is very stalkerish of me, but I was just effing, you know. That's, uh, you know, that's one of my favorite comics. Happy birthday to Chris the day before that. Bob Marley's birthday, the King Bob Marley. Uh, I love Bob Marley. My favorite song is Satisfy Soul. Satisfy My Soul. I just taught my students at that. Oh, please, don't you rock my boat. Don't rock my boat, because I don't want my boat to be rocked. Don't rock my boat. Oh, please. Don't you rock? That's so much important about life. Just like stay in your own lane. I love that song. So shout out to Bob Marley and his 10 kids. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let's talk about the week. See what's happening this week. This week, if you don't know, um, uh, President Trump was not impeached. If you don't know, President Trump was not impeached. I think it was a good history lesson for the world to realize how the how the government is ran. The executive branch, the judicial branch, and I don't know, whatever the other branch is, but <laughs> I know it, but it was just like it's good for people to understand how the branches are ran, uh, which is good. Other news, other news is, uh, which really, not really news, but I was just like, it's, it's how can I say this in a nice way? I was monitoring Kobe Bryant's wife's Vanessa's post, which is interesting because it's like, it's a nostalgia, not nostalgia, but you're seeing someone grieve in front of you, right? So seeing her grieve is is very sad because I, I was just like, you know, scrolling by and I noticed that she posted and they retired Gianna's jersey because this, this all spins into something. Like, I'm not just pulling out there. So they retired Gianna's jersey at her school. And she's posting pictures about how she misses her best friend. She misses uh, the best dad. And it's very sad. I'm like, man, you know, she's she's really going through this, man. She's been with this man since she was 18. There's a there's a video of Kobe. I'm going to pull the clip up. Video of Kobe and Vanessa when he was 21 and she was 18. 
Yeah. So this is uh, so like you watch the videos, but this is uh, this is what um, it's like. I don't guess two thousand nineteen ninety nine, or when they first, the Lakers won their first. Kobe and Shaq won their first championship when they three peated. I think it was 1999, the year 2000. It was 1999, then it was 2000, and then it was 2001. That's when they that's when they three-peated. Yeah, the year 2000. No, the year 2000 when they won their first championship, the year 2000. The 1999-2000 season. And I thought it was ironic because uh, Vanessa was 18 when Kobe was 21 when he had his first NBA championship. This was what they. Someone just found. Oh, she's. This video was posted 2019. I remember I watched it. And I watched it again. How young they were. So, when we look at Vanessa. It's like uh, like checking on a cousin. So you're checking to see how this cousin's doing. But with social media, you see people grieve publicly, which is very unique. You know, most people are private, but it's just like you know. It's. it's you're thanking this person for grieving publicly because you feel like you're in it with, together with him. But this is a clip of Kobe winning his first championship, and they go back to the locker room. They're interviewing his fiance, which was she was 18. I think they met. I don't know how when they met. 17, 16. make it because he usually makes those type of shots in those situations. He was stand up late with me. And he did it. He did it. And I knew it. I knew this was it. Was it difficult to sit there and watch this go on? Yeah, I cried. I cried the whole fourth quarter. I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink anything. I was just chilling. That's it. These guys did such a great job this year. And obviously he says he gives you a lot of credit for sort of keeping him calm and relaxed. Is that kind of a nice feeling to have from him from that angle? Yeah, it is. But in a way, I don't feel I deserve any credit because it's all through him. And I'm so proud of him. And that just, just the way he pulls through things and just how he's so independent and just how he has so much confidence and doesn't need anybody in there. You know what I mean? It's, 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 I'm really, really proud of him. You guys have gone through so much yourselves in terms of dealing with us, obviously, and dealing with just getting engaged and so on and so forth. So the culmination of this for you, I know, we can't help it. But the culmination of it all now is that he's an NBA champion and you're about to be married to one. What do you think about that? Of course, I think it's fabulous. I mean, that's, that's an easy question, you know, easy answer. It's great. There you go. So that was uh, Vanessa at 18, Kobe at 21. I was dope at that moment. They're like, you've been through a lot. I'm like, man, they didn't even know what they're about to go through. So, like, as you you, just, you scroll, you know, you know, so many times you got time on the train, got downtime on the train, and you're looking at Vanessa, and Vanessa's posting about they retired Gianna's birth, excuse me, her jersey at her school, her alma mater, and which prompted something that happened. But before we go that, so Kobe and Gianna's memorial, or funeral would be celebration of life, what they call it, 224. So it's two because Gianna's number is two and 24 because Kobe's number is 24. But that's my mama's birthday. So we're going to celebrate my mama as well. And uh, before I go into how this, how I got up on this topic, it's because uh, I was thinking about uh, just reflecting on uh, Kobe Bryant moving forward, how people move past bereavement and how, you know, uh, jokes and stuff like that. I was thinking about what I was telling my homie Amy how like, you know, I love my homie Amy. We've been friends for a long time, so it's all love. Uh, about like, I get why I get. I'm I'm a person. People, I get why the audience is offended, and I get where the comic takes a place. I get that. I always get that. I think comics are defensive because they feel like they were creatives and stuff like that. 
But the reason why I say that is because Kobe's fan base and what Kobe meant to a group of people is bigger than what people understand. You know? Like, right now, Gail King, which brings brings up Gail King. So if you don't know, Kobe had this case. I'm going to pull up different clips of Kobe, like, talking about what he did and how he moved on for it for, and the case. Because I find it interesting how people that really don't know about the case, I've been just doing research and listening to it. But what Gail King said has prompted this big wave of just everyone saying, like, are we done with Gail? Are we done with Oprah and Snoop Dogg, Little Boosie? And I'm not – it's just entertaining, but at the same time it's kind of unique seeing people comment. So this is what people got very upset about. Gail King was doing an interview with Lisa Leslie, and Lisa Leslie and Kobe are really good friends, and she brings up a topic that's very uncomfortable for right now, the timing. of I feel like it's bad timing of what she's saying. Because during the Oscars, people kind of talked about what Kobe did, what happened with Kobe, and Kobe, you know, he spoke about it. I feel like as he's dead, like no one has that common respect to be like, he's, his family's still grieving right now. Like, well, like, what are we doing? Why are we bringing that up right now? His legacy is his legacy. So I'm going to play this clip, and then I'm going to discuss what happened. Here we go. ...because of sexual assault charge, which was dismissed in 2003-2004. Is it complicated for you as a woman, as a WNBA player? It's not complicated for me at all. Even if there's a few times that we've been at a club at the same time, Kobe's not the kind of guy, never been like... You know, please go get that girl or tell her or send her this. I have other NBA friends that are like that. Mm-hmm. Kobe's, he, he was never like that. I just never see, have ever seen him being the kind of person that would be, do something to violate a woman or be aggressive in that way. I, that's just not the person that I know. But Lisa, you wouldn't see it though. As his friend, you wouldn't see it. And that's possible. Mm-hmm. I, I just... It's just, I just don't, I just don't believe that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying things didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe that things didn't happen with force. Is it even a fair question to talk about it, considering he's no longer with us and that it was resolved? Or is it really part of his history? I think that the media should be more respectful um, at this time, it, it's like if you had questions about it, you've had many years to ask him that. I don't think it's something that we should keep hanging over his legacy. I mean, he went to, it went to trial. Yeah, but the case, is, it was dismissed because the victim in the case refused to testify. So it was dismissed. And I think that that's how we should leave that. Well, so yeah, that was Lisa. Lisa Leslie. And I think, and everyone's getting upset. Because Gail King shouldn't ask that question. I I felt like when Lisa Leslie, she kept her composure. And she was like, you should have asked Kobe while he was here. Like, everyone had plenty of opportunities to ask Kobe. But I feel like CBS does this thing where they they have interviews, but they're looking for clickbait. So they made the clickbait. Because I feel like Gail just didn't know the pr- response she would give back. So everyone's up in arms. Uh <laughs> I want to play. I want to play the responses. I want to play the responses, and I'm gonna give my personal opinion. First, we're gonna go to Little Boosie. We're gonna take Little Boosie's response, and forgive me for the language. This is not an explicit podcast, but it does have explicit content. Here we go. Here's Boosie. Gail King, why the f- would you ask like that? I don't give a f- who friend it is. I don't give a f- Obama. Oh, Obama. Why the f- 
would you do something like that? Why would you do that to your people? You know what people are going through, right? Why would you ask a question like that, trying to tarnish somebody's image? You do that to your own black people. You say it. I'm finna fire your up. You say it, bro. People be talking, black people need to stop trying to hurt black people for success. It's all the reason you ask that for to get your numbers up. Give a you can too. Uh, that was. That was Little Boosie. He'll say he don't give a F who she's kin to. That's me and censoring Little Boosie. You can tell he was definitely cursing through that. Before I comment on Little Boosie, Snoop Dogg was the one that really set it off. Snoop Dogg was the one that really took it to the next level. But I felt what Boosie was saying. As black, if you never know, I've been black pretty much all my life, you know. And even in the womb, I think I was dark in the womb. I was a dark fetus. Black people are a small percentage of people. So we're very hard on each other. All the time. So if I think I get what Boosie's saying. Like as a black woman, Gail, maybe it wasn't the time to talk about Kobe like that. I get that. But at the same time, Gail is a journalist, so she has to ask these questions. I get that. So this is what really got Gail jumping was Snoop Dogg's response. When Snoop started speaking, that's when Gail kind of, <laughs> that's when Gail started apologizing. So here's Snoop Dogg's response. Here we go. Gail King, out of pocket for that shit way out of pocket. What do you gain from that? I swear to God, we the worst. We the fucking worst. We expect more from you, Gail. Don't you hang out with Oprah? Why y'all attacking us? We your people. You ain't coming after fucking Harvey Weinstein asking them dumbass questions. I get sick of y'all. I want to call you one. Is it okay if I call her one? Funky dog head bitch. How dare you try to tarnish my motherfucking homeboy's reputation, punk motherfucker. Respect the family and back off, bitch, before we come get you. Uh, yeah, so I was trying to, my best to edit this, but Snoop Dogg was cursing a lot. Uh, minus the curse words, I understand what he was trying to say, but my thing is, you know Snoop Dogg was about to curse. What man has a bonnet on is going to say something uplifting to anybody. <laughs> and it's just like minus the curse word part you shouldn't have called her the b word technically shouldn't have called her the b word I'm just laughing at Snoop having a bonnet on being very upset but I I get the why they're upset but the only thing I didn't like about Gail King is that she I can tell that she lied and she backtracked she backtracked a lot and she blamed the network instead of just taking ownership like look I asked this question I was trying to get likes so here you go. This is uh, Gail King's response. So it's pretty much Twitter and all the people have flamed him because Kobe, he's he's deeper than rap. And I think what hurts her most like the black response. I think people don't understand how much he meant to the world. How much he meant to the world. Here comes Gail King. Here we go. Comments about the interview I did with Lisa Leslie about Kobe Bryant. And I know that if I had only seen the clip that you saw, I'd be extremely angry with me, too. I am mortified, I'm embarrassed, and I am very angry. Uh, unbeknownst to me, my network put up a clip from a very wide-ranging interview, um, totally taken out of context, and when you see it that way, it's very jarring. It's jarring to me. 
I didn't even know anything about it. I started getting calls. What the hell are you doing? Why did you say this? What is happening? I did not know what people were talking about. So I've been told or I've been advised to say nothing. Just let it go. People will drag you. People will troll you. It'll be over in a couple of days. But that's not good enough for me because I really want people to understand what happened here and, and how I'm feeling about it. I reached out to Lisa because I know that she's a longtime friend of Kobe's to talk about his legacy and their friendship. We had a really wide-ranging interview, talked about many things, his career, his passion, his sense of humor, the way he was mentoring other people, how he was starting his next chapter. It was wide-ranging. And yes, we talked about that court case because that court case has also come up. And I wanted to get Lisa's take on it as a friend who knew him well, what she thought, where that should stand. And I thought she, it was very powerful when she looked me in the eye as a member of the media to say it's time for the media to leave it alone and to back off. During the course of the interview, I asked follow-up questions because I wanted to make sure that her position and perspective were very clear. And at the end, when she said, it's time for to leave it alone, I, as I said, I thought that was powerful. And I insisted, I insisted that that part be in the interview because I thought that it put a nice button on that part of the conversation. Uh, interesting what Gail is saying. Uh, do I believe her? A uh, little bit, but I, I don't, it's, it's hard for me to believe. You work at CBS. Come on. You know everything that goes on. So I know when these editors did that, this was the clickbait to get people to responding, and it happened. You just don't want that bad response. I think it's it's when something about black people we're very reactive people, and when you react to certain, I would say just black people, just minorities in general react tough to other minorities. Uh so Gail said that, and I I kind of believe Gail. I believe that she, she probably wanted to keep. Excuse me. I th- I believe Gail. I think she probably wanted to keep the other stuff inside there, but I think she wasn't thinking about the response of Kobe Bryant. And uh, which brought an interesting point about about Oprah and Gail. I don't know these women before. I don't know, but you know, Monique's a stand-up comic, and I, I like you know. It. What is this? Is that a noise? I was trying some alarm clock. All right, I got to do some shows. So we're about to wrap this. We're gonna wrap. We're gonna wrap this episode up. But I, I want to get some closing remarks. I really feel that uh, it is. It is kind of unique that. Oprah, all of a sudden, she stopped her her documentary about Russell Simmons, right? Because people started calling. And back in the day, there was a, uh, I just remember always reading in articles that a lot of the dudes had a hard time getting on their Oprah show. Like Ice Cube said he wasn't invited. Uh, Outkast didn't go. A lot of uh, rappers didn't want to go. I think the only rapper that went was Jay-Z, and that's when Jay-Z was bigger than life. And they're just saying, how come Oprah and Gail don't keep that same energy of Harvey Weinstein? Like they feel like they keep going after like people that look like them, which is, you know, it's not that many people that look like them are getting in trouble for these assault cases, but the ones they are, Snoop and the rest of them are saying, like, you got to go at them as hard as you're going at them, right? So then, there's just a lot of clips today. It's a lot of clip episode, but this, I feel like this is what the whole week has been about. I was just like, the whole week I've been, me, comics, everybody, we've been talking about this, uh, 
other news that happened make me think of Nas, but I, I, I'm not going to talk about what a 37-year-old is gossiping like that. But the ironic one was Oprah. This is what Oprah just said. Here we go, folks. Oprah Winfrey, if you don't know who she is. Oprah. She's not doing well. May I say she is not? She is not doing well because she has now death threats and has to now travel with security. And um, she's feeling very much attacked. You know, Bill Cosby is is texting from is 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 tweeting, tweeting from jail, uh, and uh, she's not she's not doing well, and feels that um, she was put in a really terrible position because that interview had already ran. Mm-hmm. It was over, and in the context of the interview, everyone seemed fine, including Lisa Leslie, mm-hmm. and it was only because somebody at the network. Uh, put up that clip, and that, and and I can see how people would obviously be very upset mm-hmm. if you thought that Gail was just trying to. Okay, so that's Oprah saying that Gail is very upset. She should be upset. It's hard when you're, you know, public enemy number one. LeBron James made a statement and he said, "Protect Lisa Leslie at all costs." And if you don't, if you don't know, I actually had to tell uh, my boy Babbitt. Okay, stop, sorry, I don't, nobody's here for me. I want to take a pause. So yesterday we went to Jaddy Robinson's, uh, uh, Jaddy Robinson funny stand-up comment. We went to his doing, he was doing his half hour at the Triad Theater. Amazing show, comics did well. But as we're talking about that, I was like, y'all didn't see what Bill Cosby wrote. And the reason why Oprah, <laughs> Oprah seems like kind of frustrated because she's just mad at Bill Cosby tweeting from jail is because Snoop Dogg made a statement. So Snoop Dogg made a statement and he said, so Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg was on a roll, and then he dropped Bill Cosby's name. People were just like, hey, okay, oh. So he, Snoop Dogg posts a picture. Uh, I feel like a hood reporter. So Snoop Dogg posts a picture of Harvey Weinstein and Oprah, and he goes, did that fake a Michael Jackson S word? And I, I agree with that. I felt like Oprah shouldn't have, like, if you said Michael Jackson was your friend, to bring up all these, these this Michael Jackson documentary and bring him on your show, like, like where are you standing at in the line? I feel Snoop Dogg on that. You know, I... Michael Jackson beat two federal cases, even though it does look bad. Like, you know, it's hard to beat the FBI. And there's reports that some of the boys, some of the grown men now, like, were lying. They used to date, they used to date um, Michael's cousins, and once they got kicked off the tour, they started saying that. But whatever, it's not about Michael Jackson and uh, theories. So Snoop goes, you did that fake Michael Jackson interview, uh, and he goes, lying with these kids, and he goes, here, she's, <laughs> here she is now. With a known uh, rapist, Harvey Weinstein, he goes, F you and Gail, free Bill Cosby. And people were down with him until he said free Bill Cosby. And everybody like, what? People were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But now people are approving this. So people are like, yeah, free him, right? So people are saying this. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Bill Cosby tweets out from prison to Snoop Dogg. And this is this is how crazy this week has been. Okay, so here Bill Cosby said so Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby tweets out, Snoop Dogg, that's Snoop Dogg. When they brought me to my gated community and placed me inside of the, my penthouse. I think he's talking about prison. I was like, where's he going? They didn't win, nor did they silence me. It's so sad and disappointing that these successful black women are being used to tarnish the image of the legacy of the successful black men, even in death. That's a shot at Michael Jackson. All these people in need of fame ratings. I know Bill Cosby's not talking like that. He, he, he doesn't fame rating that old man he, and he's blind too so whoever is tweeting for bill cosby is probably his family or member all these people that are in need of fame rating or money on behalf of myself camille and my family thank you thank you thank you my heartfelt 
prayers are with Kobe and his family, as well as Michael Jackson and his family. May their legacy live on forever. Then they put, ha- now I know Bill Cosby don't know no hashtags. Thank you, hashtag, thank you, Snoop Dogg. Hashtag BT Black Legacy. Hashtag stop tearing down a black man. Hashtag enough is enough. Hashtag Kobe Legacy lives on. Hashtag Gianna's Legacy lives on. Hashtag Michael Jackson Legacy lives on. Hashtag Bill Pot Cosby far from finished. So this has to be his grandchild or something like that. So that's what Oprah's upset about that Bill Cosby's tweeting from prison. But we know, we know that's not Bill Cosby. We know that's a, a family member, but I guess that's putting icing on the wounds. And I get it. I get it. I feel like when when our people are upset with you, you feel it the worst. People are ragging on you, become the, the trending topic. I get it. But I think we should just take a moment and listen. I want to bring up two more quotes. I'm just wrap this thing up because it's been like a it's like been on my head and we've just all been talking about it throughout the community. It's what Kobe has to say for it. Because Kobe spoke about this before he passed away. So this is Kobe Bryant speaking on the incident in Colorado. This is a documentary, I think it's on Showtime. I remember I found this clip and I was like, this is good seeing Kobe speak on it. This is Kobe Bryant talking about what happened. What is the most important thing? And that's family. It's a man's job to protect your family. It's a man's job to look out for your family. It's a man's job to always be the anchor of stability for the family. And uh, in that aspect, I failed miserably. I'd wake up in the morning and not know if, like, today is the day where I, like, I lose my family. Like, is this the day where it's a wrap? You know, like, you know, she's just had enough. One of the things that she said, she said, you know, during that time, I, you know, I hated your guts. But it wasn't, wasn't about you. It was about, it was about Natalia. About the fact that I, I didn't want—I wanted to do everything possible to try to figure this thing out because I didn't—I didn't want her growing up in a in a broken home, and um, things would have been really easy for her to to leave, actually, especially during that time. It'd be much easier to leave. You leave, you take half the money, and you have your daughter. Life's life's. She's good, um, but she didn't do that. We were expecting, and um, um, expecting our second child during that time, and um, there was just so much, so much stress. Um, she actually, uh, she, you know, she uh, um, actually miscarried. something uh, I, have a, I have a real hard time dealing with that you know because I felt like it was just my fault yeah that was uh that was Kobe Bryant when he was alive talking about and addressing the situation before we I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive into that before I do that I would like always I would always like to hear what OJ Simpson has to say about society if you don't know OJ Simpson uh <laughs> this is what my friend, uh, 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 
Ashton Womack, he's a funny comic. He writes for The Daily Show. He said a tweet and said this. He goes, I don't know why people are giving O.J. Simpson a hard time. This man clearly just lost his wife and is grieving. <laughs> just grieving. But I, I think O.J. has a wonderful Twitter. And he's very charismatic, charismatic, so I can see why people like O.J. But O.J. spoke about Kobe Bryant. And I, this is the reason why I said that, because he speaks about Gail and he speaks about Kobe. And we're going to do two more clips, and then we're going to just wrap this podcast up. I know it sounds like I'm doing just a... Uh, a TED Talk. I don't, it's not a TED Talk, but just like clip, 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 clip. But I feel like this is what everybody's been looking at. Everybody's been looking at different clips. I feel like we should just share it amongst and just get it out there, you know? This is O.J. Simpson on Gail King and Kobe Bryant. Here we go. The juice. Uh, the other thing is this Kobe Bryant, uh, Gail King thing. Uh, I'm not the most objective guy when it comes to Gail, Gail King. Uh, a few years back on national TV, she made a comment that it was inappropriate for me to be visiting my ex-wife grave, something that me, my uh, family, and uh, friends on special occasions and birthdays and Christmas and stuff had done for years, and I couldn't understand why it was any of her business and why she would say that on national TV. Uh, I know this thing about Kobe. She's going to claim journalistic integrity. A whole lot of people got journalistic integrity, didn't feel that this was the right time to do that. Uh, there'll be plenty of time in the future to bring up all aspects of Kobe's life. Right now, we should be celebrating the greatness of Kobe Bryant. God bless Kobe and his family. I'm just saying, take care. That was O.J. Simpson, the juice. I'm just saying, take care. He makes a good point. He highlights Gail King, how back in the day, I guess she made comments on him when he was trying to visit his wife. Uh... Do I think OJ did it? I personally, my theory is that his son did it, or he knows the person who did it, because he was kind of old at the time. But you know, people debate me all the time. My dear friend April Body goes, Jared, you need to stop thinking that. But I always like think outside the box. But to people who think he did it, you have your opinion. But um, what he said about Kobe is a good point. OJ makes a lot of sense. Now it's always it's weird to quote OJ Simpson, but it goes, it's just bad timing, bad timing. I feel like the question should have been asked while he was living. You had plenty of chances to talk to him when you had an opportunity, and he spoke about it. I think people don't realize that Kobe lost a daughter. His wife was his wife is Vanessa's lived a hard life. I think people don't understand. Like so, when we watch her life, we're just like, man, she's since eighteen she's been dealing with him, not dealing with him, but been married to him. She's been through like three marriages, three. She could have left and took a hundred fifty mil, but she stayed with him. And this last clip I'm going to bring up before we just close it all out is a clip that just went viral. So this is by Michael Eric Dyson. Michael Eric Dyson is a he's a he's an author, he's a minister, professor, cultural critic, political political commentator, social activist. He rooms a lot of he made a book about Jay Z and he had spent days with Kobe Bryant. I think he has some very interesting points. We're going to close it out with this. Here we go. My brothers and sisters. The response to Gail King's interview with Lisa Leslie contains many elements that I think are deeply and profoundly problematic. To begin with, I loved Kobe Bryant and mourn him to this day. I knew him well. We had a tremendous relationship and friendship. The last game he played in Washington, D.C., I was there, and he gave me a profound and long hug that is captured on video. I wrote the essay 
in Slam Magazine, the cover story on Kobe Bryant when he retired, calling him the best ever. So I love him, appreciate him, and more especially love what he did with his life after that horrendous event in Colorado. Many people, me included, believed Kobe Bryant when he say he did not rape that young lady. And yet, he apologized to her because he recognized that though he thought it was a moment of consent, she did not. And instead of attempting to demonize her, he owned up to his own complicity in a situation that led this young woman to believe that he had done something to her against her will. And in confessing his own apology, he did not say that he raped her. He did not believe he did. He believed, therefore, in retrospect, that she did and owned up to acknowledging the horrendous consequences of what happened. And not only did he give an apology, his life changed in the aftermath. When you notice Kobe Bryant's trajectory from that moment on, here was a man who was deeply and profoundly committed to his wife. He confessed his adultery to her. He apologized for that in public as well. And then he went on to have four daughters with her and to embrace women's sport and to make certain that his own life was a testimony to the profound transformation that he endured as a young black man in America. All right, so that was that was Michael. Uh, I'm going to play this last clip of him, but I think it was interesting how that's what I read about Kobe too. So Kobe thought it wasn't he thought it wasn't rape and at the end the victim she did not want to she didn't want she refused to testify about what happened. So Kobe apologized saying like if you felt that way, if you thought it was, he just apologized and he changed his life, which is the most horrible thing anything can happen to a woman. Kobe experienced that not saying Kobe was right, you know, not saying not justifying anything else, but just saying like he made it his business after that mode to change his life. To change his life. And I like what Eric said, how I think it was Michael, right? Michael Eric what he said about what he said about Kobe and how Kobe's legacy he changed his legacy. All right, so this is the last uh clip. Uh now Michael he did good by explaining that part of Kobe. You know, explaining that that was in his book and that's what Kobe put in his documentary about like how he learned from that incident, knowing what consent was and everything else, what he thought was consent and what she thought was consent. He apologized for that. And she, every, they both had a situation. They both learned from that situation. Now, Michael did a great job explaining that. This is where he lost everybody because uh, any old man that gives uh, does a video, no one's going to listen past two minutes. And I went past two minutes, and then he starts saying stuff like this. I want to make that for Gail King and Oprah Winfrey, who have done far more good for black people than harm, Oprah Winfrey has been assaulted as well. Oprah Winfrey, as a journalist, must be held to account as well, as she is willing to admit. She changed her mind about participation in the Russell Simmons documentary. Uh, she opened her own understanding of American Dirt, the novel that was produced, and said, I got it wrong, and so let me bring in people who are critical... of some of the moments in American Dirt and the impetus of a white woman to write about indigenous experiences and Latinx experiences in a way that is not profound and complicated and nuanced. 
thoughts and therefore is willing to say, let me change my mind and engage those people as well. So you can have legitimate critiques of Oprah Winfrey and Gail King. You can legitimately ask them, what about their uh, viewpoints about Harvey Weinstein and uh, Al Franken and Charlie Rose versus a Kobe Bryant, right? That's a legitimate critique. What is not legitimate is to... vicious sense assault them this cancel culture has to be ended has to itself be canceled all the good that oprah winfrey has done i have seen her in the home of susan taylor take pictures for two hours straight when all right i'm cool on that defend oprah winfrey she don't need you she don't need you to defend you big dog uh he might be trying to get a deal on own or whatever well that was cool what are you saying and i get that i think a lot of people don't understand nobody can cancel oprah and nobody can cancel gail i think just what hurts is when your own people criticize you we're tough people minorities are tough on minorities uh but to sum it all up uh this episode was a lot of clips but this is what the, the wave is celebrating kobe's legacy do you think that we're able to forgive? Is it possible to forgive? Some people have some people have lines that they don't cross, you know? All their blurred lines. Do you believe in blurred lines? Do you believe that two people can grow? Do you think two people can go through a situation and forgive? Me personally, I, I think every person deserves forgiveness. What did Jesus say on the Bible? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That's what he said. But a lot of people don't read the Bible. I don't know what it says in the Quran, or if you are atheist, I don't know what it says in the clouds. However, you whatever you do, but um, it's very, it's 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 very, it's jarring. I see both sides of the fence. It's hard to play both sides. Um, I get what Snoop Dogg's saying. I get what Gail is saying. I understand that, but at the same time, sometimes it's about timing. Celebrate the legacy. There's a lot of people that, you know, I, it's. Yeah, you think about about Monique. Monique made a lot of good points. I, I a lot of people try to paint Monique as a crazy person, <laughs> probably because she recorded Tyler Perry without his permission. But Tyler Perry agreed to everything she said. So at the same time, I'm just like, hey man, just let Kobe live for a minute. Let him grieve. Let his family grieve for a minute. And to the rappers, please stop calling these. Uh, <laughs> please don't call Gail any b words. Please, it's very unkind to call Gail that. Uh, but at the same time, Gail, uh, let's let's think about timing. Let's think about timing. Uh, so that was my week. My week was uh, people stealing food and my job, doing stand-up, trying to make people laugh, trying to get a good tape. And then uh, post-Kobe, should we celebrate him or should we talk about the asterisk in his career mark? My name is Jared Waters. This is which, well, I am one half of the podcast, Which Way Is Up. And this is my podcast, One Man, One Tree, and a Hill. Uh, next Wednesday, we'll be dropping uh, more episodes. We'll be dropping uh, our one of our first interviews, and we'll be dropping another review of uh, One Tree Hill, Season 1, Episode 2. So, uh, yeah, I'm off to tell some jokes. I'm telling some jokes tonight. Uh, by this time, podcast drop, you will not know where I am. I'm at the barbershop tonight telling jokes. Barbershop is on East, 130. It's near 2nd Avenue, 132nd East Barbershop. That's where I'll be tonight. Uh, all right. Uh, follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's O-M-O-T-N-A-H. One man, one tree in a hill. My name is Mr. Waters on Instagram. Mr. Waters underscore dash dash. I'm the black dude on the horse if you're looking for somebody. Shout out to Ethel Waters. All right. Free O.J. Simpson. I mean, 
Now, he's already free, but you know what I mean? Just be considered and think about his son. His son probably did it. All right, folks, have a great night or a great day or a great week. Whenever you listen to this, I, wish, I don't know how to end podcasts, but I freak them. Just end it. Just hit the stop button. Okay.